0: Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down to the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, very courageous, very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's the end of the reading of God's Word, 1, 1 through 9. you also see a bit of an outline of the sermon on the back of the bulletin, or the second page. And uh, we'll probably follow it pretty closely, but it follows the text as well, as best as we can follow that. Faithfulness to God's Word. So, you know, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are privileged, aren't we? Privileged to receive from the Lord's hand the beginning of another year, 2022. Just seems like a few years ago it was Y2K, but that was way back in the year 2000. Time flies. But, you know, with, with, with our dependence upon the Lord, we can look forward to the future also with great confidence, also this coming year, with confidence in the Lord. You know, we stand at the threshold of a new year, and perhaps in some ways it's kind of like feeling like Israel, you know, at the border, at the threshold of the land of Canaan, facing, you might say, an unknown future. New exploits, new challenges, new struggles, new battles, new hardships. And may I add this, the sobering reality of, you could say, an increased persecution against the Church of Jesus Christ in Canada. These are all realities that we are facing as God's people. But you know, in the midst of it all, in the midst of all the exploits and the challenges and the, the struggles what do we do? We seek the Lord's blessing. And you know the central part of this passage is He is with you. And if God is for us, who can be really against us? But yeah, it means to trust Him. It means to continue to go forward in faith, seeking His blessing. And as we begin this new year, all the worry, all the fretting, All the fear, we should ask the Lord to still, to quiet in our lives, that we may trust in him and his word. And at the same time, we receive, as it were, a new beginning, another opportunity to serve the Lord wholeheartedly with our families by grace, the grace which he has given us in Christ. So yes, as a congregation, as individuals, we're encouraged encouraged by God's word to look with full confidence into an unknown future. And yet, is the future unknown to God? Nope. What is unknown to us is fully known and directed by God who works all things according to the counsel of his sovereign will. Every detail. And that is something. When you know that he is with his people. That's what gives us courage. That what gives us confidence in the year to come. In the chaotic pace of our confusing world. You know, we need to hear those reassuring words from the Lord. Don't we? And lo, I am with you always. To the end of the age. God with us. God beside us. God walking with us. God being there for us. And therefore, already way, 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 way back, you know, the God's people saw glimpses of this, of what we experience in so much a richer way today in Jesus Christ. They saw glimpses of this, of the Christ to come, and here the Lord encourages His people, even in times of difficulty, to take hold by faith the inheritance which is theirs in Christ Jesus. Now let's not forget, The inheritance for them was the land of Canaan, but really it points to a greater inheritance which we have in Christ, the renewed heavens and a new earth which belongs to God's people. might not look like it, but who do we believe? The Lord, and we depend upon his promises. And so what you see here, the Lord calls us to be strong and to be of good courage, or we could say courageous. We're going to see two things this morning. First of all, God promises that He will be with His church. And that promise is to the very end of the age. He will be with His church. And the second part of that is, yeah, therefore, I can trust Him fully. And that trust is shown by obeying Him. So we're going to see those two things the promise. And the call. And you notice here, the Lord speaks directly to Joshua. Okay, who's Joshua? Well, Joshua is the new leader of his people. So he's not, he's speaking indirectly to the congregation, but he's speaking directly to Joshua here. And Joshua, as we know, is Moses' assistant. He took Moses' place as a leader of God's people after Moses had died, as you see in verse 1. But who was Moses? Well, God had raised up Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And he led them through the wilderness. And he brought them to this point, to the threshold of Canaan. God was with his people the whole time in the midst of all the hardships. Moses has died, but the Lord will not leave his people. He will not forsake his people because of Christ. And so he gives Joshua a commission. In verses three, 2 and 3, you see that. Verses 2 and 3 and 4. He says, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. You see, the promise is his gift of the land. Or you could say it today, is the gift of the world. The renewed creation. That will be their possession a place for God's people to flourish and grow. Really, the church is an image of that today, isn't it? The church, God with his people, that's an image of the land, right? A place where people can flourish and grow in a culture which is committing suicide, in a decadent culture, a culture of death. There's life. And that's the the image that's portrayed here. A picture of the spread of, of God's kingdom, And to encourage the trust, the Lord speaks as if the land had already been given to them. They didn't even have the land yet. And what does the Lord say? Every place that the sole of your foot will be tread upon, I have given you. (laughs) So it's in past tense. I have given it to you. And therefore, all the more reason to be courageous and to trust him because it's already given. Now we work faithfully trusting in him. As we move forward <clears throat> in faith, we move forward in full confidence, trusting in his, provi- in his promises, just as Israel did back then. They knew the promises of God way before to their forefather Abraham. God had promised Abraham, that was about 600 years before, God had said to his child, To your descendants, I will give this land way back in Genesis 12. And the Lord kept on reassuring his people, his son Isaac, and his son again, Jacob, and then the 12 tribes of Israel, he kept on reminding them of his promise that he would be with them and that this land would belong to them. Indeed, this is the land, the Lord says to Joshua in verse 6, which I swore to their fathers to give them. See that in verse 6? God had sworn that he would do that on oath. And of course, it's ultimately because of Christ's death on the cross, that this inheritance, right? God carried out his oath in Christ on the cross, and that in this inheritance, therefore, belongs to his people. For a time, it looked like God's promise was threatened with all kinds of dangers. Maybe... He was not able to keep his promise anymore. Remember how long his people were in Egypt as slaves to the slaves of of the Egyptians, of foreign gods? 400 years. It's a long time of darkness. This dark cloud hung over them. But God was very much at work. He was very much at work carrying out his promises. People had to see by faith And indeed, what did God do? He raised up Moses. He did not forget his people. And he raised them to save them powerfully from the hands of the Egyptians. He brought them through the wilderness. And again, through Moses, the Lord reassured them of his promise. He says, if you walk in my ways, he says, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you. Deuteronomy 11. You see, just God's faithfulness to all his promises, that should inspire us to further courage and trust in him. God is faithful. He always is. Moses died, but his promises live on. Nothing can stop them. No one can ram a truck into them and stop them. No one can annul it. No one can repeal it. No one can revoke it. No governor, no prime minister can cancel it or divert it. An era passes on, a new year has come. Times change, but God does not change. His promises are unchangeable, because he himself is unchangeable. And he will carry on with his promises as history moves forward to that new day, that new day are the new heavens and new earth when Christ returns. We face a brilliant future. Just this past week, a relative of mine had died and someone had shared with him. He was a Christian. And he says, just remember, you know, as you're facing your Parkinson's disease, as you near death, you face a brilliant future. We have a brilliant future. And that's the way we should look at it. In spite of all the dark clouds that Seemed to hang over the church. The Lord gave a reassuring promise that we hear so often in Scripture. What is that promise? The heart of all the promises is this. The heart of all his promises. What's the heart of his promise? The very center of his promises. I am with you. And you see that, you can just about go through every book of the Bible and you see those words in there. And you see it here at the very beginning of Joshua. I will be with you. And he repeats it twice. Joshua, I know you face a monster before you. I will be with you. He says that in verse 9. He says that in verse 5. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Why is that? Because if God is with you, no one can overthrow God. No one can overthrow his promises. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And then here's the most treasured part of scripture. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The opposite, of course, is disastrous. For God to leave us, God says, because of Christ, he's I'm with you. We don't deserve it. But nonetheless, because of Christ, he will keep his promise. I will be with you that's Joshua he directs this to Joshua can Joshua save us can Joshua lead us into the new land into the new heritage no but God directed this to Joshua because a greater than Joshua was coming you know Joshua is another name for Jesus Savior Savior. Joshua means yes that's in Hebrew Yeshua Yahweh will save the Lord will save Jesus means the Lord will save. Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. Who is Jesus? How is Jesus bigger than Joshua? He is Yahweh. He is in the flesh. In the flesh. God with us in the flesh. And he is the Emmanuel. God with us. I mean, there you see it in the flesh, in Jesus Himself. And He, did He also go through the Jordan? Joshua went through the Jordan. God says, We'll go through the Jordan and rise. Jesus also went through the Jordan in order to do what? To conquer. To conquer enemies we could never conquer. You see His love here, you see God's faithfulness to His promises. To conquer our enemies, and subdue the world, the entire world, so that we can be safe, so that we can walk with him, trust in him. And did Jesus fulfill the Lord's commission? Joshua didn't do it perfectly, but Jesus did. And he did that. You know there's something stronger than death, and that's Christ. Even then, even de- than death itself that's Christ as God's promises through his death on the cross for our sins by rising from the dead on the third day. Who did he conquer? He conquered our worst enemies Satan, the powers of sin, death, hell. And 40 days later, the scripture says, He ascended into heaven in our flesh to be king. And Lord, over Canaan, not just over Canaan, but over the entire earth, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So we go from Joshua to Christ's fulfillment. How's it applied to us? That commission to go forth into the world has been given to the church today. Remember Christ. After he died and rose ascended to heaven, what did he say to his church? Going, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah, in our baptism, we also go through the Jordan, right, through the waters, and God says, rise. We rise in Christ through faith in him. And he sets us apart to serve him in this world. In our work, very practical ways in our work, to be Christians, to stand apart, to be set apart for him and for his glory and his kingdom. In our families, in the raising of our children. For us as a congregation, yes, we may move forward in the confidence that God also called Joshua to move forward in in the confidence for us, and the confidence in the new year. He is with us. We're going to sing in a moment. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. There's a verse in there that says, so let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. You know, think of it this way. The book of Acts in the New Testament is what the book of Joshua was the Old Testament people of God. There's a lot of parallels there. It's only richer because now Christ is with us. How today? He's the Emmanuel with us. When he arose, ascended into heaven, what did he do? He poured out his spirit, and today he is with us and in us, dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. I think a New Testament version of Joshua 1, 1-9 is found in Ephesians 6, 10-13. Because God is with us. What does the Apostle Paul say? Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this dark age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Wow, this is an important calling, a dignified calling that God has given to us, to you, as a congregation. A calling where we can say Christ has already won the victory, and now we go forward in faith. Just to put this in comparison, a few weeks ago, our premier went out and he sent out a call to arms. Against what? To battle the transmission of a virus. And even then, the virus is spreading. But you know, far more deadly to the church are the ideas the philosophies, the ideologies at war against the truth of God's word. And yeah, God calls us to greater arms. He calls us to arms with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is powerful. Because it's through the gospel, through the preaching of the gospel, through us sharing the witness of the gospel, that Christ continues to subdue hearts to subdue lives so that we can share in the glory, in the glories of his kingdom. Yeah. How we need to hear those reassuring words, eh? And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. You think about this call, right? In light of the promise that God has given us, this conquest very much begins in our homes, in our congregation in the beginning of the new year we ask the Lord for what we ask the Lord for his blessing on our families on our work on our school, Hope Academy on our congregation but why do we ask him for a blessing what's the goal so that we may be a blessing in his kingdom the blessings don't stop just with ourselves it's so that we meet those blessings, may be a channel for the glory of his kingdom. It's for his glory, it's for the spread of his kingdom. That's real blessing. If we just want blessing just to serve ourselves, that's no blessing. That's very stale. It's very boring. But the blessing whereby we bless others for the in, in the kingdom of God, for the spread of his kingdom, for the glory of his kingdom, that's real blessing. That's What we seek, isn't it, in this coming year? We seek that kind of blessing. As we train our children in the fear of the Lord, we want to equip them with the Word of God so that they too can be soldiers of Christ. We want to equip our children. We want to equip ourselves in our work, in our homes, in in Hope Academy, right? We go with the full confidence that God is with us. God will bless us. This is his way to grow his kingdom. You know, sometimes people say, I don't have time to read the Bible to my children. Oh, yes, you do. Everyone has time to read the Bible to their children. But I don't have time to read the Bible for myself every day. Oh, yes, you do. As a matter of fact, it's just a matter of prioritizing. Everyone has time to read the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's the most important thing we can do. Take time to read the scriptures. Meditate on them. Raise our children on the word of God. There's no more important activity than that. You know, we ask for God's blessing. In a few moments we hope to have an offering for diaconal needs in our community you think about it, God has placed this congregation, he's placed us as a congregation, in the threshold of this community. This is the point of entry for the gospel into the community. And one of the ways that God uses to bless the community is through us bringing the gospel, but also blessing them with uh, gifts, material gifts, as a way to draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Very important that people come to know that this is where true life is found. True life is found in Christ. It's the only way through the gospel that we're going to see the temple, the temples, and the idols crumble down to nothing, and to see Christ subduing hearts and building His church. What a, an exciting venture! What an exciting exploit the Lord placed before us. And on top of it all, he's with you. He's with us the whole way. Encouraged by God's word, we're encouraged to go forward in full confidence. He's with us. And of course, that means trusting and obeying. We see that in verses 7 through 9. Again, the Lord directs Joshua. As he walks by faith into an unknown future. But he had his word. And the beautiful thing about believing, when we trust in Jesus, trusting in Jesus shows in obeying Jesus, in obeying his word. That's where that's true faith. True faith shows itself in obedience. And so we the Lord spells out the way of blessing for Joshua. then we're going to see how it's a way of blessing that's found in Jesus Christ and then for us today. But notice here, obeying the Lord itself, such obedience itself is an act of courage, isn't it? Especially in our world today, which mocks, which mocks the commandments of God. What? You say you worship the only true God? There's no other God? I mean, honoring the Lord's day, the Sunday, the day of rest? Uh, Honoring authorities? Honoring mom and dad? I mean, honoring God's design for marriage? Male and female? To exclusion of all others? Honoring human life? Respect? You mean no abortions? What about the rights of moms? You know, This strikes us strange and people will mock. And people mock the church for it. But there you see, standing up, that courage is also an act. Obeying the Lord is an act of courage. It takes courage. It takes strength of the Lord to obey. Hear what the Lord says to Joshua in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, What purpose? That you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. There's the secret to blessing. What's the secret to blessing? So many people want the blessing without obeying Jesus. But when you believe in Jesus, and you obey, then you see the blessing. Trusting and obeying is a secret to the blessing of the Lord in our lives. That's what we pray for, isn't it? If we pray for his blessing on a new year, on our homes, in our work, in our congregation, difficult times will come. They will come. But who's your strength? The Lord. And who makes us not to stumble and fall? The Lord. You know, the biggest danger for us today is not what others may do to us for following Jesus. The biggest danger is that we give in to others who don't believe in Jesus and walk away from God. When we walk away from God, is God still with us? That becomes scary. Verse 8, the Lord says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. And you see the promise that follows? For then you will make your way prosperous, and that you will have good success. It doesn't mean you won't have hardships, but it does mean in those, even in those hardships, you will experience the joy, the forgiveness, and the blessing even in that. God blesses obedience and all the ups and downs in life. That's what it means to take hold of the inheritance. It's not just seeing now and today or tomorrow, but way into the future, that new day, where that new inheritance, which we take hold of by faith in Christ, begins to shape us already now and how we live. In Deuteronomy 32, the Lord said, concerning his word, He said, it is not a futile thing for you. Why? Because it is your life. How many people put the word of God as secondary in their lives? Because there's so many other important things. It's not futile. It's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time coming to church. It's not a waste of time reading the Bible every day. It's not futile. It's your very life. Your life depends on it. Your life with God depends on it. Yeah, such trust in obedience is a secret to blessing. And you know what else? You see in verse 9, such trust in obedience is also a secret to what else? To overcoming fear and dismay. So it's a secret for blessing, but it's also the secret for overcoming fear and despair. Christ frees us from that. He frees us from fear. He's the one who frees us from the fear of death. He's the one who frees us from fears of all sorts and dismays and despairs. It doesn't mean we don't struggle with those things. We do, don't we? But He does free us. Verse 9 the Lord says to Joshua, Have not I commanded you, be strong? Be of good courage, don't be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you walk on the street, when you walk to the store, when you go to sleep at night. Beautiful words, isn't it, to conclude the beginning of the new year? The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. And yes, a greater than Joshua has come. And that's Jesus. Was Joshua perfect in his obedience? Are we? But Jesus is. He did what God required us to do and we didn't do. And that is obey God's law perfectly. For us and in our place. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. He kept his focus on the cross. You know what makes it worth it to live a life of courage and trust in him? is how much he loved us by going to the cross. And he paid the full price, the full price for our sin with his own blood. As he who said, I will put my trust in him. Hebrews 2 verse 13. And again, verse 14. Here am I in the children whom God has given me, <laughs> the children who inherit the new heavens and the new earth, the children who are already now a part of that oasis, the church in this world. All oh, the blessing of knowing his forgiveness, and with that comes joy, peace. You know, for those children who trust on him, he died, he arose, he ascended, be their king has given his spirit with the promise of a new day the day of Christ's return our inheritance which we now take hold by faith will be realized one day when Christ returns the new heavens the new earth full fellowship in this garden of Eden once again command to trust and obey given to Joshua is perfectly fulfilled in Christ and that he has now given to the church. We go in his strength, in the strength of his obedience, where Jesus says in Matthew 28, teaching them to obey all things that I command you. It's really no different than what he said to Joshua. Teaching them to obey some things. As long as you obey in some things, then you have God's blessing. No, teaching us to obey all things. All that I have commanded you, said Jesus. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Bonhoeffer in his book, he, in his Cost of Discipleship, he says, if we cleave, if we, we, we trust in him who fulfilled the law and follow him, we will find ourselves both teaching his law and also fulfilling his law. We are so much richer today than in the days of Joshua and God's people in those days. That Christ has now given us his spirit. Who's the one who enables us to obey? The Holy Spirit. He's the one who converts. He's the one who changes hearts by trusting in Christ. He changes our hearts and he gives us that new desire to obey, to live that life of new obedience to Christ. Keep your eyes Focused on the inheritance to come. And that will shape everything in this year to come. It will shape your life. It will shape the life of your family. It will shape the life of our congregation. It will shape the life of our witness. As we hold that great goal. That great promise that's held before us in Christ. And always be reassured of this promise in Christ. Where God says in Hebrews 13... For he himself has said, I will never leave you and never forsake you. So we may say boldly, The Lord is my helper, I shall not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. In response, let's sing five hundred and fifty-four. Five hundred and fifty-four.
1: We are thankful to God for the beautiful word this afternoon. And we are thankful to God again that God brought us safely from old year to this new year. And we pray, Lord, keep us safe in his hand. So let us bow down heads in prayer. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father. We give you thanks Lord that we are here by your grace and through your son our saviour Jesus Christ in us Lord we have nothing to give you we need your grace Lord your grace is sufficient for us have mercy on us and pardon our sins, Lord. Lord, we give you thanks for the past year, the blessings which you have given to each one of us, especially through your word, Lord. And Lord, we give you thanks that you bring us safely this time in a new year Lord and this is a day when you rose again from the grave and we are grateful Lord that this time we are worshipping and praying to a God who conquered death who rose again in three days the Saviour who took our iniquities upon him the punishment which we desire our Christ took upon him He paid full price for our redemption. We give you thanks for that, Lord. We give you thanks for everything, Lord. And we pray, Lord, as you have promised in your word, do not be dismayed. I am with you always. Take courage. Give us this faith, Lord, in us that we may always look at You, look at Your cross and remember that You paid full price for our sake, Lord. And this year, Lord, everything comes from You. We ask that supply Your wisdom to each one of us that we may put You first You in our life our life will go abide your word Lord supply your wisdom to each one of us and give us courage that we may share your good news we tell other people those who still do not know you Lord that without Jesus Christ there is no salvation we pray Lord to help and guide us. And Lord, we give you thanks also for this place you have given us to worship you. We give you thanks for that, Lord. We pray for our congregation, Lord. We hold them in our prayers to bless each one of us. And grow our faith. Use us for your glory, Lord. Especially we pray for the parents, Lord. Give them courage that they may tell your good news to their children. They may read your word every day, Lord, with them. Without you, Lord. There is no better home without your word. Lord, we need your word in every home. People we know, children will know, Lord, your word. So help us and guide us that we may teach your, your word to our children. This will be our resolution, Lord, this year. We give you thanks for our elderly people in our congregation. We give you Thank for the witness of Thayaji, Brother Mangamal, to bless both of them, Lord. We also give you thanks for our pastor. Bless him, Lord. Use him for your glory. And bless his ministry. We pray for Hope Academy, Lord. You establish this institution, Lord. We give you thanks for the parents, those who are sending their kids to know your word through this academy, Lord. We give you thanks for the efforts of principal, teachers, staff, other staff members, board members, volunteers. Through this ministry, Lord, your name will be glorified. Lord, we also pray for the persecuted churches in the whole world, and this Sunday especially pray for the, for your saints, those who are living in the country called Nigeria, Lord. They are facing a lot of problems, difficulties. We pray for the church leaders there. We pray for elders, deacons, missionaries. Bless their work, Lord. We pray for their, their protection, too, Lord. We also pray for the saints in whole world. Bless them, Lord, bless their work. We also pray for our country to bless this nation, Lord. And now, Lord, we pray for those who are not well in our congregation, those who are still weak, bodily, Lord, or spiritually those who are still away from us, not well, Lord, we commit each one of them into your care. If thy will, Lord, touch touch them with your healing hand, so they may restore their health back and give you thanks. And after a short while, Lord, if thy will, we take part in your supper which you instituted the night before you crucify, Lord, and give this instruction to to do this in remembrance of our Christ. So, Lord, we may eat this bread and know that this is your body and the wine which we drink, Lord, that is the blood which you shed for those who believe on you, Lord. So help us to know this institution very Carefully and very humbly, Lord. Once again, Lord, we give you thanks for all the blessings which you have given to each one of us past year and this year. Lord, we pray to bless each one of us. We ask this prayer in the precious name of Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we will sing hymn number and 542, stanza 2, 3 and 4. 542, Stanja 2, 3 and 4.
0: a five minute break and then we'll come together again to celebrate the Lord's Supper.
2: It's separate there, and I don't know what it belongs to.
0: Oh, no, don't worry I, about it.
2: Is it garbage? Okay.
0: okay. More supper for
2: uh, him. Wir haben jetzt eine Frage. Yeah.
3: wir Yeah. Put on the gospel armor. Each
0: piece put on with
3: prayer. Mm-hmm. Priya, did you
0: have a good party? Did you have a good celebration? Yeah, it was good evening. Huh? Do you have pictures? I have to see them. Yeah. Yes. turn to 196. 196.
3: With the Spirit never be. Maybe seated.
0: So, just a reminder for next Sunday afternoon, we focus on Haggai 1 through 13. So, we can just read that ahead of time and we can come with questions and so on. So, what I'd like to do now is just spend just a few moments on. Romans 15, 13. I mean, we've come to a feast, and there's no greater feast than this feast, the Supper of our Lord, and anticipates a greater feast to come. But why is that? And uh, Genesis, or sorry, Romans 15, 13. Is really a prayer also for the, for the new year. We can make it a prayer for the new year. But it deals with hope, the God of hope. If you look at Romans 15, 13, Apostle Paul prays for the saints in Rome, for the believers in Rome, and he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and peace and believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Spend like five, six minutes on, just as passages, just reflect on it, but yeah, we begin, our new, we begin our new year with whom? With God. And notice how this verse begins. He is the God of hope. It's not a kind of hope where you say, I hope it doesn't snow today. It could happen, it might not. Okay. He's the God of hope in the sense that this is an assurance. This is something that will come to pass. It's a reality that we do not yet see. Okay? He's the one who generates the hope, or the hope comes from Him, and He also enables us to focus on Him. He's the focus of our hope. When it talks about the God of hope, the hope comes from Him, but He's also the focus of our hope. The Bible talks about God as being our portion. Think of Psalm 73. The Bible talks about him as being our dwelling place. Psalm 90 verse 1. Uh, He's our inheritance. We saw that this morning. This hope is yours through Jesus Christ sacrificed for you on the cross. Shed blood, broken body. And this is the hope that's realized in Jesus. So two things about this hope. First of all, it's sure and certain. It's undoubtedly true. It's real. Hebrews 11, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. We don't see it, right? But it will be realized. And hope is not only sure and certain, it's also living. It's something that lives in the believers. First 1 Peter 1, 1.3, he has begotten us again to a living hope through what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, from the dead. May that be our prayer also for the new year. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. Fill you with what? Joy and peace. Why this joy and peace? Because that hope is solid in him. Here you see the the certainty of hope. You see the strength of hope. Where do you see the certainty and strength and hope? In the joy and in the the peace that lives among his people and his people. Joy, you could say, is sort of the outward expression of the peace that's already inside. One is more manifest. The other one is perhaps more quiet. But both are really the overflow of the hope that which we find in God. Peace and joy. Really, they're fruits of of sins forgiven, of being reconciled to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our sacrifice. The world around us, do they have? Is this hope realized in their lives? No. The world, our streets are filled with fear, with violence. Why? Not, not too many guns, is that why? No. They don't know that God... Of hope. And that's why peace and joy are missing in the lives of so many people. If they only know the God of hope, then they are filled also with that peace and joy. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. Okay, that's the hope. This God of hope who fills us with joy and peace. Is ours through believing in Jesus Christ. In believing, it's yours by believing in Jesus Christ. You are the body of Christ, a new creation, in a hopeless world, or a despairing world. Jesus is the hope of the world. If you look at the verse before, it says there, There shall be a root of Jesse, who will rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him the Gentiles shall hope. (laughs) So he's the hope, really, of the community around us, this is Jesus. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing. And the prayer is that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the hope continue, in other words, grow. May it continue to overflow in your lives. There never comes a point in our heart and lives where these graces reach their fullness and we say, okay, no more can be added. Oh, there's always more that can be added. This is the richness of God. Joy and peace flow from hope and at the same time make hope abound more and more. And then by the powerful working of the Holy Spirit who applies in us what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. Yeah, we heard the good news and now we get to see it for ourselves with our eyes and eat it with our mouths tasting it, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. How fitting How fitting to begin a new year with a feast, a feast in the Lord, and there is that greater feast to come. We can hear about that later. Christ is our hope, our joy, and peace. If we turn to our back of our bulletins, you'll also see the form written there. It's a short form, Celebration of the Lord's Supper, Form 1. To all who have with godly sorrow confessed your sins, who have affirmed true faith in Christ, the promise of Jesus is sure. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. For the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. While remaining bread and wine, these sacred elements nevertheless become so united to the reality they signify, we do not doubt but joyfully believe that we receive in this meal by the Spirit through faith nothing less than the crucified body and shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For all who live in rebellion against God And in unbelief, this holy food and drink will only bring you further condemnation. If you do not yet confess Jesus Christ and seek to live under his gracious reign, we admonish you to abstain. But all who repent and believe are invited to this sacred meal, not because you are worthy in yourself, but because you are clothed in Christ's perfect righteousness. Do not allow the weakness of your faith or your failures in the Christian life to keep you from this table. It's given to us because of our weakness, because of our failures, in order to increase our faith by feeding us with the body and blood of Christ. As the Word has promised us God's favor, so also our Heavenly Father has added this confirmation of His unchangeable promise. So come, believing sinners, the table is ready. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, by the blood of your only begotten Son, you have secured for us a new and living way into the holy of holies. We pray that you would cleanse our minds and our hearts by your word and spirit, so that we, your redeemed people, drawing close to you through this holy sacrament, may enjoy fellowship with the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, through the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We know that our Ascended Savior does not live in temples made by hands, but is in heaven where he continues to intercede on our behalf. Through this sacrament, by your own word and spirit, may these common elements now be set apart from ordinary use and consecrated by you, so that just as truly as we eat and drink these elements by which our bodily life is sustained, so truly we receive into our souls for our spiritual life the true body and true blood of Christ. So, Lord, we receive these gifts by faith, which is in the hand and mouth of our souls. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we draw near to the table of our Lord, let's confess our Christian faith together. Let's stand as we say together the words of the Apostles' Creed, our undoubted faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So congregation, let us now go to our heavenly table and receive the gift of God for our souls. By the promise of God, this bread and wine are for us—the body and blood of Christ. So, congregation, lift up your hearts.
2: give them to the Lord.
0: The bread which we break is a communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, remember, and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness. blessing which we bless with the communion. Take, drink, remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of this holy feast. Although we are unworthy to share this meal with you, we know it is by your invitation and being dressed in Christ's righteousness that we have come now boldly into the Holy of Holies. Instead of wrath, we have received your pardon. In place of fear, we have been given hope. Our High Priest and Mediator of the New Covenant has reconciled us to you, and even now intercedes for us at your right hand. Please strengthen us by these gifts so that relying only on your promise to save sinners who call on Jesus' name, we may, by your Spirit, honor you with our souls and bodies to the honor and glory of your holy name. Amen. Our closing song is is our Dexology five hundred and seventy. Five hundred and seventy. Mm-hmm.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. We receive God's parting blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be to abide with you all. Amen. Refreshments downstairs.
2: I'm waiting for that to fall.